say somebody's listening who might have an eating disorder or you've really kind of spoken to somebody here and they've made the decision obviously it's kind of like any other disease right you got to want to get better first if you don't want to get better then you're never going to get better so i'm not really talking about the people who don't want to get better maybe not even realize they've got an issue but maybe that one person has listened to this or maybe it's been accumulation of things and they said all right i've got some issues with this and i i need help if if that person just walked into your office and charlie i don't trust anybody but you i've been working with you for 10 years i need help what do i do what do you say and i believe that anytime you're in that kind of that road of weight loss like you you are trying to lose weight you're trying to do what's right you're you know checking the scale regularly precursor 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 you eat something bad and there's an an emotional overwhelming feeling of guilt all right we're back charlie yes sir chris little horse from uh just discipline. We'll call it coaching. disciplining a 13 year old. We'll just, we'll just call it that. We'll leave it there. Deal. <laughs> I'm sure there's some people listening that can relate. Um, so Charlie, I think, uh, what we'll talk today is something I'm not particularly knowledgeable in, but I think it's, it kind of, it, it falls right in line with what we do here. What, what your business is all about, about building better people. And, and I think for the listeners out there, I'm going to be learning, um, along with them. So, um, I think we'll just kind of freelance this and go, but I want to talk about eating disorders. And I know that can be a a pretty polarizing subject. Uh, Again, I don't have a lot of knowledge in it. So the questions I'll be asking will be very elementary, um, on it, but I think it's something that if one it's, it's, I think it's a topic that if one person can, uh, can benefit from it, then, then it was worth talking about it. So, um, Kind of start just generally, what do you know about eating disorders? How prevalent is it? Um, I've never personally experienced one, thank goodness, but, yeah, but so, kind of give us a little background. You know, I, I think what what I want to start with is is basically saying that I in no way do, do I want to position myself as the expert here. Um, I think the only reason that I have an ability to speak to it is because of the type of business that I'm in, you know, helping people with their nutrition. Also me personally, right. Being on a nutrition journey and knowing the obsession that is associated with eating healthy and thinking about food and, um, in a way almost, uh, obsession of it. And so, you know, I think, the, the, the topic's a great topic because I, I want to say first and foremost, like if there's somebody who's listening that, you know, if this topic has kind of perked their interest, we'll keep listening, right? Let's see what we can, uh, what kind of light we can shed to it. And then secondly, you know, seek help. Um, I think that the only way that these types of things can harm you is when they're secrets, when you don't open up about them, when you don't <clears throat> tell somebody and that's why it's so important to have people in your life, right, who you can trust. Um, and it's going to be really hard. But to, and you're, you know, immediately it's it, when you say the word, you know, bulimia or anorexia or anything like that, like everybody always assumes the worst. But like, you know, I want to make sure people understand that, like, you know, have you ever thrown up after you ate something because you, had some thought process in your head that made you not want to absorb that food. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have bulimia. Have you ever not eaten 
for a period of time to look better in a bathing suit or for a specific in a outfit for a specific event. That's not anorexia, you know, but we're basically starting to kind of uh, approach these topics that, you know, it's, it, uh, you know, I'll reference this, you know, like um, you and I have talked about, we, you know, when Pastor Will had preached in the past about, you know, when you are going into an affair, basically, you <clears throat> never just end up in the affair kind of being like, oh my goodness, how did I get here? It's typically a series of events, right, that started very innocent, but eventually you get so close to what he calls the guardrail that you're about to fall over the edge mm-hmm. and in the act of adultery, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and I, I see this the exact same way. Like, it can start very much, very innocent. Like, you know, I'm going to a pool party this weekend or I'm going to be in a bathing suit in Mexico. And so I'm going to not eat as much as I usually do for three days. And it works. So every time I need to fit into an outfit or my stomach's going to show or I'm going to get in a bathing suit, I'm going to manipulate my diet. And it's this very subtle, like almost not a big deal thing. Or, you know what, I had, you know, this particular meal and it was unhealthy and I splurged and I didn't want to. So I'm going to go and try to throw it up. And, you know, I'm I'm not bulimic. I've never done this before, you know, but those are the red flags, right? And so, yes. And so it's kind of one of those things is like, you know, that's how it starts. And, and, and I think that it's important to know that, um, that is just something you want to be aware of because it's a very slippery slope. Like it could end in something very dangerous and very unhealthy. And just because of the, you know, what we, what we do in, you know, in, in, I don't want to necessarily say in the gym, but what we do in, you know, trying to become healthier, weight loss, performance, like we become very aware of what goes in our body. And I believe that like there's a a part of getting healthy that begins with obsession, in my opinion, like in order to accomplish you know, any significant results, like you have to, to a certain degree, be obsessed with it. But I also believe that when you get too obsessed, it almost becomes unhealthy. Sure. And and I believe that you you almost have to kind of navigate that terrain in order to become healthy and realize what it means to not be obsessed but be healthy. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Sure. Okay. Lot to unpack there. Lot lot to unpack. Um, all right. First of all, when we're talking about eating disorders, are we talking? people who necessarily aren't eating enough or are like you referenced about eating a lot and then making themselves vomit or purge or are we talking about people that are eating way way too much and can't stop eating or is it kind of a combination of both no i would i would categorize an eating disorder as any anything you know and, and just like it, it can be to, to to a certain degree right but like anybody who's really manipulating their diet to get an outcome that is unhealthy mm-hmm. that if if presented to another individual who is knowledgeable about nutrition would say hey that's not safe you know um if you are fasting right for you know three or four days i mean there's a difference between you know doing that and i actually did a three-day fast i don't know if you remember three and a half day sure. fast yep. um i at first didn't want to do it i had a personal training client 
He's a close friend of mine. I've trained him for a long time. He shows up one day. This was back in March, uh, just earlier this year. And he tells me that he's going to do a three and a half day fast. Mm -hmm. And I said to myself, I said, that is not wise. Like, why would you do that? And he said, oh, well, he kind of started presenting all this information that a doctor was telling him and it, you know, was resetting a lot of his hormones and you know, and it, it, it's interesting because throughout the hour of the workout, at the very beginning, I was strongly against it because it goes against everything that I know mm -hmm. scientifically in mm -hmm. terms of, you know, what I believe, you know, and there, again, you can Google anything and, you know, some programs will tell you if you fast, you're building more muscle and, you know, obviously intermittent fasting mm -hmm. it has, you know, a lot of, but in my belief is, you know, food is fuel, right? Like calories in, energy comes in, we expend energy. Like there's a need. Um, yes, we can, you know, get kind of a little geeked out about uh, insulin resistance and hormones and fasting and what that does. But at the end of the day, to me, long term, that's not something that you're going to do when you're 60 years old. Like, you know, you're, you need to eat and you understand diet, health, nutrition. But I was starting to get intrigued because I have always wanted to fat or not always. I had kind of read a lot about fasting in the Bible and kind of like considered it more from a spiritual perspective. And, and I understand that, you know, just fasting doesn't necessarily make you more spiritual than someone else, but I had actually been intrigued. And in this moment, I really felt like, you know, maybe this is something I want to try with him. And by the end of the session, I said, okay, I'll do it. Chris, what I learned in those three and a half days was fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't eat for three and a half days, you know, um, drink water, I actually drank coffee, um, but it was, it, it actually at the end, so I did it, we had an open workout, so I did wow. the open workout, um, he was going to fast, I want to say he was going to do Saturday, Sunday, Monday, breaking the fast Tuesday, I did the open workout Friday night, fasted Saturday, Sunday, Monday, broke it Tuesday at lunch. Chris, by Tuesday at lunch, it was mind-blowing how much inflammation came down. And I honestly, for the first time ever, truly understood why. Like, you know, I, I would reference this at nutrition seminars, right? I would say, you know, I'd say something like, you know, the college girl that doesn't eat on Thursday and Friday because she's going out to the pool on Saturday and wants to look good in her bathing suit. And I would reference that, but I never truly knew and understood that like there's a significant like change that occurs when you don't eat. Now it's a very temporary illusion because you know the second you have a meal or another meal, you basically go back to where you were. Um, there is a weight loss associated with it, um, and I t I remember saying this, and I said this to anybody who I shared that I after this fast, I said. This is, it's almost like a gun. It can be used for good, but it can also be used for bad. Mm -hmm. In other words, like this would be very dangerous in the wrong hands. With an individual who is overly concerned about the way they look, their body image, they, you know, they get this three and a half day dose of this mm -hmm. and they start thinking, wow, I now have a new tool in my tool belt that I can use whenever I am going into these circumstances. And I believe it is a lot more common mm -hmm. 
than we fit, we we believe. You know, so yeah. Okay, so as someone that does the business that you do, nutrition counseling, everything else, I'm 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 gonna assume you've probably counseled or talked or had some deep conversations with men and females who have been who have who have had some of these issues. Absolutely. What what from your experience, and again, understanding that you're not versed in this, you didn't go to school for any of this. What are some indicators? What what are some indicators that you've seen to that? that kind of tell you, hey, you talked about the guardrail, Pastor Will, that kind of tell you, all right, this is an indicator like you're getting close to this guardrail. I mean, you referenced earlier like, you know, the throwing up, if you thought about that. But what are what are some more indicators that that you need to maybe start to seek help or you you got a bigger issue developing? So it, it's, it's really hard to say because it kind of goes like, it, it, it's almost like, you're, you know, maybe you're obsessed about what you're eating, right? Like you are, um, you're food journaling, you are, you know, really, you know, focused on a goal, you're hitting your macros, you're hitting your calories, and then all of a sudden you eat something that you shouldn't, and then you feel overly guilty. So like, that's probably like right now that I'm saying that out loud, it makes me think like, you know, there was a period of time that I went through this, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, anybody who's in my, like, I've lost weight. Like, I was overweight, and I made a 180 nutritionally and had to really, and there is a huge association with guilt and eating bad. And to me, that's a precursor. Like, that's a red flag. Like, now, you and I were together, you know, and obviously this is off the record, but we <laughs> ate pizza on we Saturday pizza. night. We sure, and it was good pizza. <laughs> and we were at a wedding, and... You know, they had pizza. And I ate pizza. I didn't feel guilty. You know, that's a different mindset than I've had mm-hmm. long ago. Mm-hmm. And and I believe that anytime you're in that kind of that road of weight loss, like you you are trying to lose weight, you're trying to do what's right, you're, you know, checking the scale regularly, mm-hmm. precursor, precursor, precursor. You eat something bad. And there's an, an emotional, overwhelming feeling of guilt that completely puts you in a, 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 the slumps. A depression almost, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. You do that, every personality is different. You do that, you know, 5, 10, 15, 25. I mean, who knows what time, which moment it is that just says, you know what, I, what if I just go throw this up? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's like, it's not as easy as saying True. like yeah. the 18th time, you know, it's yeah. just. <clears throat> but you're getting closer well, to think that guardrail, right? Yeah, think about that. Our thoughts control mm-hmm. our actions. So everything starts in our head. So if you are, every time you eat unhealthy, telling yourself, I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm doing this. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? It's just kind of common sense to think that like you're going to do something probably you shouldn't Mm -hmm. if you keep telling yourself that and there's people i know that are eating something bad and feeling an immense amount like and i don't know for you i mean do you feel guilty when you eat unhealthy sure i i do especially when i go over the top right i mean it's every once in a while they have a couple pieces of pizza we did but there are times and Kristen will tell you you know there are times when i can't stop it like and those are scary times. Like I just as, as recently as Halloween and it, it was like 
All these little freaking candies are sitting around. You pop one, two. Next thing you know, it's like Kristen always makes fun of me, but it's like the floodgates are open. Next thing you know, you look in the garbage can, and it's like there is just wrappers on top of wrappers from the 20, 20 or 30 pieces I ate. And and so I guess my question back to you is, is that, I mean, is that something that I would need to be cognizant of if it happens, you know, and, and over and over? I think you would know, right? Like yeah. you, it's it's kind of one of those things. Like, um, you know, I keep kind of correlating this to, you know, what is your, what, what, and you don't have to answer this question. I'm asking, and just saying generally, what is your biggest struggle? Like, you know, a great example, alcohol. Mm-hmm. Great example. You know, should you not drink alcohol? I, I don't know. What's your relationship with alcohol like? Like, what happens when you drink? Like. You know, what's your history with alcohol? Mm-hmm. And you kind of know the answer better than anyone else. And I think that's the exact same thing. What's your relationship with food like? Mm-hmm. And I think if we're talking about eating disorders, it's better to even focus more on the subject is what is your relationship with food? You know, I've said this before. Um, we, ha- we have to interact with food. It's kind of like money. Like men typically who are very driven who want to build wealth and success for their families can struggle with the relationship with money, right? That can be a challenge for them. It's not as easy as just saying, well, I'm going to quit dealing with money. You have to handle money. You have to have a a relationship with money, Mm -hmm. but there's a way to have a healthy relationship with money, right? Food's the exact same thing. We can't just not eat. Like we can't just say, you know what, this whole food thing, it's just, I just don't want to deal with it. It's not like alcohol, right? You can choose to not have a relationship with alcohol. Food, you have to have a relationship with food. So navigating these kind of waters as to what does a healthy relationship with food look like. And I I don't believe that guilt should be a part of eating. Like my belief is, you know, I'm 15 years into my, my nutrition journey. I started eating healthy at 21. And I would honestly tell you that easily it took 10 years for me to get through feeling that guilt. Now, to this day, like I will go to Grimaldi's Mm -hmm. and I will eat close to an entire pizza. You know, I I used to put a lot of pizzas away. I mean, I ate a lot of unhealthy food for the first 18 years of my life. When I go to Grimaldi's, I mean, I, I go and I enjoy and I don't feel bad. I mean, it's not... And I'm not saying that, you know, that I don't have my struggles, right? Because it, it, at the same time, it's like, I don't want to make it out to be that I'm perfect. But at the same time, I don't believe that, you know, you should feel, if you're, I say that because I'm like, oh, hey, now everybody's going to say, I eat pizza and I don't feel guilty, so I'm healthy. <laughs> you know, we got to eat healthy, right? So like, there's a reason, but I think there's, when you're, when you are trying to become healthier, you're really following a diet, you're really sticking to it. And, and there's a difference between being like on a 90 day, you know, focus period or six week challenge or, you know, saying I'm going to cut out sweets for the whole year, maybe for 2019 and eating that. Well, obviously you set a goal and you, you know, but, but when you're in kind of what I would call the autopilot, you know, you're not training for anything specific. You're kind of in this, like, you know, what I think to be is like, you're just living life. You're not obsessing about anything. Hopefully your default setting is at least 80% healthy, 20% is the other. In that state, that when you consume the foods that you shouldn't in that 20%, there's not this like overwhelming guilt. That it is almost just an acceptance that, you know what? 
I mean, I am that I made that choice. And I, I think very few people get there. I think people, because they don't, they either set higher goals, like they have higher expectations for themselves than they should. They have, you know, this 95% desire to eat healthy and 5% to eat unhealthy and they end up in like a 70-30 and then they feel guilty that they can't live up to the 95. So I think a big part of like, we'll say preventing this is set realistic expectations of yourself. You know, like don't say that you're not going to eat sweets for an entire 12 months if you're not going to stick to that. Like that's not, you know, if, if you know yourself, like maybe start with I'm not going to eat sweets for the month of January. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's like as we're talking this out, I'm like it's setting realistic goals. <laughs> you know, it's it's because when you believe yourself to be a failure, that's the red flag. And that's where you would do things that you otherwise wouldn't do in a healthy state. Mm-hmm. And that goes for a lot of things, right? Right. But right. especially when we're talking about eating disorders is when you start having self-doubt, when you start feeling sorry for yourself, when you start not believing in yourself, those are the beginnings of red flags for those types of things. Okay. So kind of tying this all in together now, um, say somebody's listening who might have an eating disorder or you've really kind of spoken to somebody here and they've made the decision. Obviously it's kind of like any other disease, right? You got to want to get better first. If you don't want to get better, then you're never going to get better. So I'm not really talking about the people who don't want to get better or maybe not even realize they've got an issue, but maybe that one person has listened to this or maybe it's been accumulation of things. And they said, all right, I've got some issues with this and I, I need help. If that person just walked into your office and said, Charlie, I don't trust anybody but you. I've been working with you for 10 years. I need help. What do I do? What do you say to them? The first thing I would ask is, when did this start? Because having an understanding as to how long this has been going on will help me to understand its severity. Mm-hmm. You know, if a really good analogy is like uh, alcoholism, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, starting with a question as to like, all right. Well, what was the first time that you that you feel like this started? Like, and what were the thought patterns going on in your head? Like, what led you to feel that that was the solution? That like that was the way to get the result that you wanted? You know, so much of this is up in your head. <laughs> like, that's where the game is played, and that's where the battle is going on, and that's where the game is won, right? And that's where the battle is overcome, and so we have to kind of really pick apart kind of going back to even a lot of stuff that we, you and I kind of talk through is like life stories. Mm -hmm. Like where did this begin? Like, okay, tell me a little bit more about your fitness journey. Tell me a little bit more about your nutrition journey. And it's like, now I'm getting someone to open up and now they're actually letting me into probably an area of their life that they don't let anybody in. And to be completely honest with you, that is the very best thing because there's secrets, right? There's things that people don't tell anybody because they're ashamed of them. Like, let's be honest. Like, who wants to go and say, hey, I make myself throw up? Or, hey, I fast, you know, for three days every week and don't tell anyone. And, you know, nobody does. Everybody kind of, because there's this association with that, that it's not good, right? And it's not healthy. Like, that's the bigger thing is it's just not healthy. So it's not necessarily not good. It's just not good for you. And we want to, you know, make sure that your body is healthy and part of that is eating healthy and giving it the nutrients it needs and that's 
you know, the big reason I don't, I mean, again, I fasted once and I haven't fasted since. And I don't want to say that I'll never fast again. Cause I've really found like, kind of like a, like a gun. There's probably some good in it. Like mm-hmm. I thought this is amazing reset. Yeah. Like you talk about reset. I mean, just for me on a caffeine perspective, yeah. it's a good reset, right? It's a good reset for me to kind of almost like a just cleansing, right? And just for, so, but again, in the wrong hands, it can actually be dangerous. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, but I, going back to your answer, I would probably say asking a lot of questions, asking about the thought patterns, figuring out where this started, um, and then trying to just support, right? Yeah. More than anything, not necessarily even judge or, you know, provide a solution like sometimes they just need to talk it out Mm -hmm. and they may even come to the conclusion on their own like wow i can't believe i let myself go there yeah and that's oftentimes what we need yep is to be able to open up yeah do you um definitely get that you know being being a good listener and i think a lot of times and i think what i hear you're saying is a lot of times there's an underlying issue it's not that you want that you want to lose the weight and look good in that bikini you may think that on the surface right there's probably an underlying issue in your childhood that was you know that that gave you an unhealthy relationship with food right think about it this way think about a kid who didn't get what they wanted growing up because their family couldn't afford it so they stole something Mm -hmm. right and they got what they wanted. Was it the right way to do it? No. And so every now and then they steal. And they're ashamed of it because they know it's not right. And eventually it becomes very, it just becomes out of hand. Mm-hmm. Almost like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, mm-hmm. It all started because they didn't get what they wanted in a childhood state. And now it's gotten to this thing that they can't even control. It's a monster in their lives. They could eventually end up in prison because they have a problem. And so meeting them where they're at and letting them know that first and foremost, like, I understand why you did what you did, but understand that that's not the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the same here is like, I get it. Like, you've struggled with weight your whole life. Like, you, you know, have tried to measure, you know, a lot of this is because they've tried so hard and not gotten the results they want. Which is a whole other podcast is like, I believe that I'm on this earth to help people get results and it not take them 15 years. <laughs> like it's taken me is like, you know, I, I spent three years just trying to figure out nutrition only to find out I was doing it all wrong. And I've probably done just about everything wrong before to know that, hey, there's a right way to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, they when I say they, I'm just kind of generalizing people who probably have struggled in this area. They feel like that's the only way that it works. Kind of like, you know, again, not saying that people that, you know, have eating disorders are thieves, but it's kind of like a, a somebody who steals. Like sure. they don't know any other way. They think that's the only way that it works. Well, I think like any substance abuse, and I don't want to, I mean, I guess in a way this substance abuse, there's always an underlying issue, right? There's always, you know, I've got, you know, I, I know people are alcoholics. I, I know people have drug issues and, you know, it's, there's something always deeper. And so maybe, I guess, I guess that kind of leads me into one of my final points here is now you're talking to the person or the person listening right now. That's kind of the extreme case, right? Is there professional help out there for those folks or is it a counselor or is it, and yes, a good talk from Charlie as good as you are, that may not be enough, but no, is there, I, yes, where no, can they go? Exactly. Uh, you know, I think there's professional help absolutely mm-hmm. out there. Um, 
and, and if somebody's you know in this seat like they're trying to get that help man and, and they're they're willing to go to that help right away those people are way more qualified than i am or you know even your friend is mm-hmm. um if you're not quite ready for that tell someone <laughs> like start with your the person closest to you that you trust and the, the key is admitting that you want help mm-hmm. and then that person can kind of walk you through and help you and but finding professional help eventually is going to be in, 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 you know, I think a lot of times we dread that. Like we think like, man, that just, it's going to be work or that's going to be expensive or that's going to be, trust me, the alternative is 10 X for sure. 10 times sure. worse. Going down the same path is only going to lead to more destruction, mm-hmm. self-destruction. Mm-hmm. And I think one way to even think about it is, in <clears throat> and, and is, it's a disease, right? An eating disorder is considered a disease. Cancer is a disease. If you got diagnosed with cancer, would you not go to the doctor and go do chemotherapy and do something in order to live? I think this is the, when we kind of put that in the same bucket as alcoholism and substance abuse and eating disorders. Like those are diseases. You can't control those. So just like cancer, are you going to go and get some help? Do you want to get better? So I can tell you right now, if I got diagnosed with cancer today, my butt would be in chemotherapy right now, trying to be there for my family, my kids, and everything. Just like, I think it's, I think it's hard, right? Because it's you know mentally it's more challenging. But if you know, God forbid, I would ever have an eating disorder or a substance abuse disorder, like that disease, like I want to get better, right? So I need to go to the doctor, right? Whether that's a psychiatrist or a professional or Alcohol's Anonymous or something like that. So. Um, but I think like you're saying, bringing that pride wall down and doing that is a lot easier said than done. So um, I think on that, Charlie, I just, is, is there anything you kind of want to encapsulate the whole thing? This is a pretty deep topic for yeah, us. No, so we're not deep. talking about yeah. PRs and BCS <laughs> classics and everything else. So no, I, I think, you know, I, I think it's, it don't, don't even, if it, if it's at all a concern, like it's, it's probably safer to share it with someone than to hold it in, you know, mm-hmm. like, Sometimes I think we, we, we protect ourselves and it's the worst thing by not sharing with someone, right? Like mm-hmm. that's why we need deep, meaningful relationships. So you can go to someone and be like, Hey, I don't know if this is a big deal or not, but I'm going to tell you kind of what I do. And you tell me if it's a big deal or not. And they might be like, Hey, it's not a big deal. It's kind of like, you know, alcohol, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, man, I don't know if this is a big deal or not. Let's just say I said, but I drink, you know, a bottle of wine every night. And then you would kind of be like, well, Charlie, um, I don't, I don't know, you know. And I'm sure there's a lot of people drink a bottle of wine yeah, yeah, tonight. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it, you would probably meet me somewhere and ask some better questions yeah. and decide if you felt like that was something. But for me to be vulnerable and transparent immediately and come to you for advice already shows that I'm wanting to grow, right? Yeah. And then I'm willing to hear your what your input is. So, don't. I think my only like final thoughts is don't, you know. Nothing could be too small in this if you feel at all like it's something worth paying attention to. Yep. It's good. Good place to stop. Thanks, Chris. All right, man. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Building Better People podcast where you will hear more stories of individuals being positively impacted by living a healthy lifestyle.